Hey guys and welcome back to the channel. It's a dynamic duo, not the troublesome trio because unfortunately Anthony is ill. He's fallen ill. It's that time of the year. So it's going to be myself and David and hopefully we'll, we're enough. Hopefully we're enough. I'll uh, be a live Q&A. Looking forward to getting into it. David, how you doing, my man? Yeah, I'm doing good. Doing good uh, in a different location today, but hopefully I'll um, bring my insight. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to it. should be a good should be a fun one to be honest i'm looking forward to getting into all your questions so i can see people already getting involved with the questions in the chat so thank you appreciate all of you and thank you as well i can see a few of you already liking the video as well so appreciated we've got dutchy matt hosip mj as well uh ashley nice nice all good andrea from twitch i like that yeah guys keep getting your questions in you know the more the merrier and yeah even if there's specific questions that you want asked towards like dave for example if there's certain players or i know dave's done a lot of streams this year so far as well so um anything that you want to point out specifically for him you can uh, and i'm sure he'll be happy to answer uh, no doubt otherwise we'll try and both give our opinions on on most things anyway so and oh gene as well gene 2 a.m wow well that's commitment, commitment. That's intense. <laughs> yeah uh, i appreciate that gene i appreciate that cool should we uh should we get into it yeah into it, can't we cool uh so dutch with the first question here says hi everybody do you think sinner is going to keep the winning streak well that's that's a good question i mean i guess your question really is do we think that we can win the australian open because that's not, i don't know if he's going to play tournament beforehand but if he does he'll only be a 250 i would imagine and he's he'll have a decent chance of winning it but Look, he goes into 2024 in really good form. So I don't think he could have ended the season any better. I guess the only thing you could say is if he'd beaten Djokovic in that ATP Tour Finals, then that would have been the cherry on the top. But he had been in the round robin, beating the Davis Cup. So I think he'll take that two out of the three matches won uh, against Djokovic in only a matter of weeks. So I, I, look, he'll be really happy and a lot of people very high on him. I'm a little bit... I, I, you know, I think Anthony will kill me for saying this, but... I'm a little bit reserved on giving predictions on how what he's going to do yet. And the reason why is I feel like there's a bit of recency bias after a few weeks. It's definitely the best level I've seen from him uh, in his career, in my opinion. But I think, you know, we just need to hold a horse a little bit until he really makes big waves in a best of five Grand Slam tournament. So, look, I mean, it's it's all positive, though, end of the year. So that's my that's my view on it. Uh, David, what were your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I kind of echo the same sentiments. Um, I had a quick look to see um, you're saying about before the show and open, if he was going to play. I don't think he's in Team Italy for the United Cup. So um, it might be just straight into the Australian Open. Um, I think Gil will say the same thing um, when there's the award show that always be aware of the end of the year you never know if it's gonna fully pan out the next year you've got to just keep an open mind that this form on indoor hard course doesn't always translate um it's all positive uh, i think it was going to be a step too far in the atp finals for for yannick but um to then come back in the davis cup that was that was big um yeah i think you have to see it to believe it really in the grand slams he made that semi-final run this year. It was good to get there, but wasn't wholly convincing, in my opinion. Yeah, agreed. I think it's it's going to be 
interesting to see how he pans out because as you say, like Felix or Jalicine, for example, had a really good indoor season a couple of years ago and then didn't manage to replicate it going into the next year. And I think the problem is the momentum breaks a little bit because of the off season. It's not a massive off season, it's not really long, but it's a catch twenty two for someone like Sinner because he needs rest because it's been a long season. But at the same time, I would say that, you know, he also wants to still play, though, because he's got the momentum. So it's like, okay, what, what do you do? And I, I've seen him training in the offseason, but it's not the same. So he's going to just have to take it with a little bit of a pinch of salt and, and look to the longer term rather than the shorter term and say, I want to make sure that I'm fit for the majority of the season. He's had issues with niggles as well. So hopefully he stays fit. I think that's the biggest thing for him. He stays fit and healthy. And if he stays fit and healthy and we see some of that level in the back end of of you know, this year nowadays still, uh, then, you know, he's, he's in pretty... He'll definitely be a contender. He'll be a contender for some of the slams. Whether he wins or not, we'll discuss that later, maybe if someone asks it. But, yeah, look, I'm, I'm excited to see what the year brings from anyway. And Dutchy, of course, with a Canada question. Uh, do you think Felix or Seam and Dennis Shapovalov can get back to the winning ways after an injury ridden 2023? I'll let you go first, David. Actually, what do you think? Um, I think it was a good end of the year for, for Felix. Um, winning in Basel. He, mean, he had to win in Basel. Otherwise, I don't think he'd be seeded um, for the show and open. Not sure if he has to defend many points from... Uh, I mean, that's the good thing about next year is there's no points to defend, really. Um, so we can kind of go fresh. Um, it was a pretty nightmare year for Felix with injuries. Same with Chapo. I'll be with, um, with some good things off the court. Um, I hope so. I think Felix is going to have to find a different level of uh, consistency outdoors that we've never really seen. But... Um, I think with a serve and a forehand that big, he's he's going to win things at some point. It's whether he can uh, make it um, like this this year where he only wins one tournament, has one big run, or if it's like 2022 where he had uh, the multiple big runs, albeit indoor. Hopefully he can um, clean up on the outdoor outdoor stage. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. I think for for Shapovalov, I have more hope for Felix than Shapovalov because in Shapovalov's career, he's been very up and down. He hasn't really, in my opinion, gone through many long spells of consistent, consistently, you know, just solid performances. Uh, there was obviously that Wimbledon run a couple of years ago in 2021, if I'm not mistaken, or was it 2022 actually? I think it was 20... 2021. It was 2021, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Because 2022, yeah. obviously, was Nadal the same. So, yeah. But he actually had a pretty good chance against Novak. I mean, I say that with a pinch of salt, but he was playing some really good tennis. And, you know, I'm not saying he would have won it, but, you know, he was playing really good tennis at the time. And that was the best chance that he would have had, I think, to really make, not just, you know, make his move and go really deep at slam, which he already had done, but more, like, if he goes deep there, he even makes a final, um, you know, you know, if, I'm pushing the boat out here a little bit, and even if he wins it, then that's that's the type of career-defining run to really jumpstart his career. And I feel like he's 
been almost there, almost there, almost there. He hasn't quite pushed on to what people thought he might be able to do. But with his style, it's going to be very hard for him to have long periods of time playing really good tennis because he's going to have peaks and troughs because of just how aggressive and erratic his style is. He's so erratic, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's the thing. He's He is an exciting player to watch when he's playing well because he plays really aggressively. He's going to hit winners, but he's also going to hit a lot of errors. And that's just part of his game. And his his serve as well is is very big. It's explosive, but he also hits a lot of double faults because that's just part of who he is in his game. And you know it, it, that's not going to change. And the problem is if he were to change it up and become a bit more conservative... He might lose what actually makes him good as a tennis player because I'm not quite sure he has the game to have that more touch, kind of more intelligent type of Andy Murray, for example-esque game. There's not many players that do um, have that type of IQ to do it. So he's got some natural talents. He just needs to try and get the most out of that. Um, There is a balance to be struck, I think, but... Yeah, I don't see him going, for example, a year and making it a top five. Can I see him making a deep run at Slam? Yeah, I don't see why not. If he, if he suddenly, you know, turns a corner and finds some form, but for Felix, I think he's got more of a chance of, you know, having a consistent year. For example, and I'm not saying it will happen in 2024, but positive result in Basel, as you said, I was glad he won that because indoors he should be winning uh, titles or at least going deep. You know, he's got the game for it. Uh, there's question marks around Tony Nadal, you know, helped him on the clay, but then hasn't really done much else on other surfaces. He's almost he's declined on other surfaces, you could say. Confidence is was down the dumps after the Basel win, though. You know, I think he'll take that going to 2024 fresh, and as you said, doesn't have many points to defend. So I'm I'm quietly confident that he will start to pick up some form again. That's a weird question, isn't it, with the Tony yeah. Nadal? I mean, was it yeah, a bit yeah. of placebo with on on the clay having those runs, um, five sets against the um, against his nephew? Yeah. I mean, with Chapo, you're saying about if he can go into his shell and play less aggressive. We saw like flashes of that um, last year, um, latter stages, um, but that was, I mean on indoor hard courts where you can there's he had more consistency on his serve and i just i don't know if he has the same will to improve as um someone like felix does um which is a big deal where you if you get comfortable in this game then uh you're gonna get overtaken yeah no i agree 100 percent. 100 percent. i think you know and uh, so <laughs> Matt just mentioned Djokovic, and he's a good example. I mean, he's the perfect example, right, of someone who's just always trying to improve. And I'm not saying that you need to be that player who's no one's doing that really, right? Uh, no one's improving um, and being so intricate with their preparation, improving that much on tour, and that's why he's the best. But if you can even do that to a fraction of what he does, uh, then you know you're in a good place. And I, I think you know it's funny because I've seen interviews with Shapovalov and he comes across as someone who is working hard, but I think his coach situation, everything else, it just doesn't seem like, as you say, he's willing to make those tough choices in training and those changes. Uh, Like look at Yannick Sinner, who's changed, he changed his serve stance from, you know, platform to pinpoint during a season, which is just ridiculous. And there's some technical changes on his backhand as well that he made. Um, but with his serve, it wasn't just a stance, but there's a few like mechanical things as well that he changed. And that is, no, you don't really see that 
Um, but the fact is he changed it and he changed it for the better. And it could have gone either way, but he took the leap and said, look, I need to improve my serve. And so he went for it and it paid off. And I, I'm not sure... I mean, Zverev's second serve, for example, we can talk about that all day and how he just never changed his serve. And yes, it's more consistent now, but when does it rear its head again? Who knows? But yes, anyways, let's not go on a tangent. <laughs> so questions, Matt says, Fazan, do you think Kuhugov is a legitimate contender to win back-to-back slams or did she fall back to earth for the WTA finals? That's a good question. I think I can go first. and I'll get your thoughts, David, on this one. But... The US Open hard courts are not quite as quick as Australia. Now, I am quite a big fan on Kohogoff on... I actually think her best service is a slow hard court or like a faster clay court, like similar to Alcaraz, but mainly because of the forehand, right? I know she has, well, quote-unquote, fixed the forehand to some degree, and I think most of that is mainly confidence more than anything. She's trying to... I think she's trying to have a shorter take back as well on the forehand and she's found a bit of confidence on it. She's not running around it as much and that's that's great. And, you know, that's what we want to see from Coco because she's got a lot of talent. But I do wonder whether the Australian Open, I mean, it depends how quickly they play, but they're normally very quick, how she's going to fare, how's the forehand going to hold up in, in such quick conditions? Um, because, yeah, I'm not sure... That, for example, she comes up against a Rabakina or a Sabalenka. Is she going to struggle potentially with the power? She might. Um, but what she does have in her favor is that defensively, generally speaking, she's very, very good. Um, and that's actually one of the biggest strengths in her game is her defensive capabilities and being able to hustle, being able to get a lot of balls back into court. Um, the backhand is super reliable as well. Uh, and if she's able to conserve consistently well, actually at the US Open, then that puts her in really good stead because on a faster hard court, then of course she's going to get more free points. So I think it is, I don't want to say it's in her hands because there's some really, I think on the WTA side, especially I'm really looking forward to the Australian Open because there's some real big contenders for that title. And I haven't even thought about who's going to win it yet, but she will definitely be up there. She would be in my top five contenders. Um, I'm not sure where she would be, but uh, that's where she would be in terms of uh, my list. What about you, David? Uh, yeah, I um, I, I agree with uh, a lot of things with golf. I I I know with the forehand, it looked amazing. Um, those those few um, weeks in the US where just didn't look like um, much was going wrong. Just hitting winners is great. Life was perfect. It's it's hard to kind of put that in a bottle and repeat it, especially with pressures and things. Um, you're saying about her defensive capabilities. I mean, she can run for days, um, but it's so hard, especially, I mean, I've watched Sabalenka play a lot, and to produce that kind of defensive display against Sabalenka, I mean, even then, Sabalenka could have still won. <laughs> like. She can still hit winners um, when you force her to play balls, you know. Um, especially in the faster course, uh, it's going to be tough. Similar to an Iga, I think, um, translating the slower hard courts to faster. Um, I don't think Iga is um, suited for these Australian conditions directly. 
Um, and it's similar for this year's US Open winner as well. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I think they can definitely, they, well, they can potentially win um, the title, but I just don't think, as you say, it's not their favourite surface. It's not going to be the surface that like, I don't see Igor or Coco Golf winning five or six Australian Opens, for example, in their career. I, I would be very surprised if that happens. They might win one or two, for example, but I just don't think it's their favourite surface. And it's interesting because I say that, but a lot of times I've, I've heard players say, oh, this is my favourite uh, tournament to play at. And, and I've always, <laughs> yeah, and sometimes I think, like, why is this your favourite tournament? Like, it doesn't make any sense like, to play it. And, and the results might not even reflect that it should be their favourite tournament. But sometimes it's just down to, oh, I love the crowd and the atmosphere and, you know, and, and the country, for example, and the environment. And they just love the general vibe of, of uh, you know, the place. So, um, you know, I say it's not their favourite tournament, but I'm more torn from a place that sometimes it is. They just they actually love being there. They're gutted to go out just because they, they love being in that in that location. But, yeah, I mean, look, I'm looking forward to the Australian Open for the WTA side, as I said, more than the men's side I, even, because I just feel like there's a lot of people that could potentially win it. And there's always one or two players that come through in the last couple of years from the women's side who come out as real contenders as well, or new contenders to kind of try and spoil the party. So that should be interesting. Uh, MJ says, how do you see Osaka and Kerber faring as well as Wozniacki, the mums on tour? Yeah, yeah. They Look, I mean, it's great to see them all on tour. Great to see Naomi Osaka back as well. Uh, what are your thoughts, David? And then I'll, I'll come to me. How do you think they're going to fare, I guess, uh, Australian Open and beyond? Uh, well, I'd have to have a look to see how long it's been since um, Kerber's played. But, um, I mean, the flashes we've seen of Wozniacki, she looks very determined every match she plays. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like um, maybe a Bjorn Borg um, comeback uh, early 90s where it's just you don't see much happening. I mean, I I think Wozniacki could make uh, another, do you make fourth rounds U.S. Open? Was it? It was, it was around then. I mean, that was that's pretty big. Um, first few tournaments back. Um, as for Osaka, uh, I think with her game, how powerful it is. Um, I mean, those power players. We saw it with Kim Kleisters with her weapons. You can come back. You can come back strong, and she's a four-time hardcore Grand Slam champion. I I've been conservative with Osaka winning slams the last couple of years. I'm probably going to stick with that this year, but I think she could definitely another um, Miami run. I could see something like that for for Naomi Osaka. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So yeah, you're right about the fourth round. She Made the fourth round in the US Open was Nyaki, that is. Uh, beat Kvitova, Brady on the way to losing to Goff in the fourth round, who eventually won the tournament. So not a bad tournament at all. And yeah, I, I agree with you on, on Wozniacki. I think she could make a quarterfinal. I could even see her making potentially a semifinal. I think it just depends on the draw uh, and who she gets. Uh, Kerber will be interesting. I think she's grinding out. I think she was playing some futures, if I'm not mistaken. So... Uh, but I know she's obviously now kind of back fully, but if I'm not mistaken, she's been playing the last few months, so I could be wrong. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, she, it's great to see her back on tour. She doesn't really have the weapons like Osaka, for example. 
So it's going to rely a lot on her movement. She's as I think she's the oldest as well of the three. I don't have massive hopes for Kerber in honesty because she hasn't been grateful in the last few years. But on grass, she's always dangerous. So th that would be interesting to see how she is in the grass court season. I, I saw her live in 2021 at Wimbledon, and I was like, she her game is just completely suited to the grass the way that she plays. Um, she just absolutely loves it. Asako is an interesting one because it's really how is she going to hold up physically uh, because we know she's going to have power. She might be a little inconsistent, but she's not going to lose the power that she has. And, you know, the, the timing should be there. She's, I know she's been out for a while, but she's also played tennis for a, while, for a long time. It's more going to be how she's moving in terms of her footwork, um, movement, is she going to get tired easily? And, and and that's understandable. That will be understandable in the first few months or even six months, nine months, who knows? And as you say, it could take a whole year. Can I see her winning a slam? No, not this year anyway coming up. But if we're going to 2025 and she's made, you know, a second week of a slam, for example, you know, one of them, then I'm thinking, okay, right, she, she might be able to do something here. And it'd be great to have her in the mix as well because we kind of unfortunately missed um, the Osaka-Barty rivalry that I, I was hoping we were going to get. Uh, it, they kind of didn't really manage to fire up anything there. but what we And then it was like, okay, maybe it'll be Osaka and Shriontek. When Shriontek started coming up, Osaka had already declined by that point. She was already having issues, I think, with form. So I'm hoping if you throw in Osaka into the mix of Shriontek and Rabakina and Sabalenka and Jabur and Goff and Pakula. I mean, come on, it doesn't get any better than that. It'll just be fantastic. So I'm really looking forward to hopefully seeing her back to near her best. Uh, it could take a while, but I'm I'm here for it. And look, it's amazing as well that these women are coming back after having a child and performing the way they are. I mean, they they are immense athletes. Uh, in honesty, so kudos to them as well. I I'd say you know? as well with uh, with Osaka. Um, I think that uh, I've lost. What I was going to say, but what I was going to say with Kerber was um, we've got to remember there's another German mum that um, has come back on tour, Tatiana Maria. Yeah. Um, someone with I mean a crazy yeah. defensive will that um. You make the semis uh, last yes, year? Yes, of Wimbledon, yeah. Yeah, yeah she lost to yeah. Crazy, crazy um, run there. And she's won a couple of tournaments like the last couple of years as well. It is possible, but you got to really, really fight for it. Yeah, I agree. And it's so funny talking about Tatiana Maria. I was actually thinking of, of her actually when I was speaking and you've, you've exactly uh, managed to echo my thoughts on that. Okay, so in terms of the next question, I'm just making a comment here. Caroline Wozniacki was my favorite when she was playing. I hope she does well on, as to her Grand Slam count. Oh, that would be big if she did, but who knows? <laughs> With you know Osaka I, as well. Um, yeah. he's, I, I looked recently at the, it's crazy, seven of the top 10 highest paid women's athletes are women. Yeah. And Osaka, wait, our tennis players, <laughs> the female yeah. athletes are women. Uh, they're tennis players. <laughs> the other four are not, but they're on the list. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no. I get your point. They are. 
Yeah, and funny. Osaka is, I think, number one or number two highest paid in the world, and she didn't play like at all. It's yeah. crazy that she's. Uh, I mean, she's so big for the sport globally, yeah. and uh, you just got to have these kind of athletes and names at the top of the sport. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, it's great as well for for women's sports generally that these that there's so many tennis players on that list, and for for tennis is great because for men's it wouldn't be the same obviously you'd have your Messi and Ronaldo for example from football but I think for the women it is fantastic and you know I mean I'm I'm here for it I'm here for it but yeah Wozniaki looking forward it's funny that you say that MJ as well because uh when she I'm sure she still is but before she uh, retired initially uh, she was also my sister's favorite player as well so I think she's she's quite a likable player. Right, okay. Next question. A lot, a lot of comments here. Okay. Oh, you go. Hozip says, can we expect anything new from the channel next year? Okay. I like that question. It's not obviously specifically tennis-related. It's, well, tennis-related because of the channel. But can you expect anything new? So, yeah, you can. I mean... One thing that I guess is not technically new, but we've started is the topical videos, which are more in the the mold of, say, in between, I would say, analysis that we do now and, and say, cult tennis videos. Uh, we did one recently, actually released one on Del Potro, which Anthony did, talking about Del Potro and uh, if David wants any topics that he wants to do on it. So they're, they're supposed to be very specific topics. So the Del Potro one's on... It's a bit broader, but it's more on why... He had a tragically brilliant career, and you know, going into kind of the the nitty gritty of uh, of his injuries and 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 his career. And uh, we've got one coming up, which hopefully will be released in the next week or so, which I've done, which is Djokovic twenty twenty three versus Djokovic twenty fifteen. So kind of comparing the two seasons, styles of play, and who would win out of the two as well. So yeah, but we've got others like when Nadal was bageled on clay. Um, the times is big on clay, for example, which is a random one for me to to do as a Nadal fan. But uh, I did that. I thought that was a really interesting one. And uh, yeah, there's some others on there. We've got Steffi Graf one as well, uh, the first player to win, the, or only player to win the Calendar Slam. Uh, I won, well, the Golden Slam, because she won the Olympics as well, which is even more crazy. But yeah, we we will have more things on. And we're always looking on ways, to, or in ways to improve the channel, and if you've ever got ideas as well as subscribers, then you know I'm always open to it. So you can either send me a DM on Instagram or Twitter, or even just leave a comment on a video um, or email. And I'm more than open to listening to. I'm not saying it'll definitely happen, but uh, you know, if if it's a good idea and it, and it's something that we can fit in, then we will do it. But obviously, we had a few new things: topical videos plus tennis three sixty podcast with Anthony and Eliza, which I think has been really good. You guys have enjoyed it. Um, who knows, um, you know, maybe David will get involved in something or maybe someone else will pick up something as well. Uh, but yeah, in in terms of concrete plans, uh, it's more trying to improve on what we've got uh, and give you guys uh, the best content possible. And then we'll continue to, to add things uh, when we think it's the best time to do it. And, and we can give our all to it as well, I think is the main thing. Um, and it says, I saw that new female commentator do an extra match. Yep, yeah, Bianca. So she's uh 
jumped on board to the team. She did a trial stream for the next gen. So hopefully she'll be getting involved next year. So I was saying actually to, to David and I think I mentioned David, but I said to Anthony as well that, uh, you know, I think it'd be good for us to have some female commentators. I feel like we don't have any and it's not because I haven't tried. It's just whenever I put out the, the post, I will only get guys reply <laughs> responding. So, um, but yeah, I thought it'd be good to, you know, obviously have someone who knows the tennis. Uh, but gives a, a bit alternate point of view as well. And, and, you know, I think it's always good to have people from different backgrounds. And, you know, she's um, in Canada, which is great. We don't have anyone in Canada at the moment um, who, who's living there. So uh, she'll be great. And she will also probably try and apply for... Oh, actually, something that might be new, actually, which, which kind of leads into what I was about to say, Josep, is actually hope we're hoping to do more media based uh content so try and get accreditation for tournaments i cannot guarantee that that's going to happen because we have been accepted to some in the past we've also been rejected from a few as well so it really depends on the tournament that we're applying to and weirdly the master 1000 tournaments which you think would be easier to get accreditation to are actually harder than some of the slams so because normally uh, there's less players the media rooms are normally smaller and they only accept like a handful of top media outlets so yeah that's the plan to do more of that would be great because i want to get more involved in that really get the quad shot tennis name out there get people talking about us and uh yeah make sure that we're represented as well in not just this media but mainstream media as well uh, so that we can kind of bridge the gap which would be nice and Dutch says, how about the Canadian ladies in 2024? <laughs> okay, we'll get the Canadian questions out of the, out of the way. Out of the way with Dutchie, and she'll be happy. So, Canadian ladies. So, I guess we're mainly talking about Leda Fernandez and Andrescu, I would say. Marino's there as well, but she's not really a top, top player. Bouchard as well, she's not She's not really anywhere near that at the moment. Uh, what, what do you think, David? What are your thoughts? What about them? I mean, Billie Jean King Cup champions, 2023. I mean, amazing effort, uh, especially um, the the young player. I can't pronounce her name, um, <laughs> but she really was clutch. I think she's only 18-19, um, um, won so many matches for, for Canada. I'm looking at her uh, very closely in the new year. Layla, I mean, as always... She competes so hard in general, but I think when it comes to playing for Canada, she just just leaves everything. She'll die on the court if she has to, which is um is intense to watch because I think she's she wants to get close to death at some points with the three setters and things. But um, I mean, just be hoping for um for Layla to bring bring that kind of form into into other tournaments because we see it uh, occasionally in um, tournaments she goes deep but um looking for another one of those uh, Roland Garros runs yeah i agree i'm if anyone has watched the channel for a, a period of time or ever heard me talk about uh, you know <laughs> women's tennis or see me do a match on for example andrescu they'll know that i'm a massive fan of the way that she plays i think she's got a lot of she's got a lot of quality um and ability but it's been a shame with injuries and obviously some lack of confidence as well at times but 
Uh, I'll talk about Fernandez first because I'll echo the points that David made. Beijing Cup, oh, Beijing King Cup, sorry, even, uh, was, I mean, incredible. I mean, she was so, so good in that. And all I'm hoping for is for her to take that form, uh, as David was saying, and use that and try and channel that for the rest of the tournaments and the tour because she has really good ability. She's got great fighting spirit as well. And she's clearly an intelligent player. Uh, and maybe why David likes her so much is because she's a little bit like a female version of Andy Murray, to be honest, the way that she plays, in honesty. Uh, she's very quick and agile. She's great defensively. She's very clever with her angles as well. And, you know, I think she's a lefty, which is always an advantage, I, I find. So she's got a lot of things going for her, and she's still very, very young. So I'm hoping she has a big turn 24 and it starts to go deep in a lot of these tournaments now, like she should be, uh, and beating some of the top players. And the start of the year will be important to gain confidence. But as you say, Roland Garros is where you would expect her to do the best. But she's got an all-court game, uh, and that's what's important. She, she has the ability to do well on, on service. And people forget that she made the final of the US Open, of course, in 2021. So... Um, obviously losing in that famous final to Radicani, which uh, most random final I think we've ever seen. But yeah, uh, in terms of yeah, Andrescu, though, I'm, I'm hoping that she just stays fit because she's had loads of injuries. She's won a slam before. And if you think about the level that she showed uh, that year when she won her, her slam was just really, really high. So I'm hoping she's still very young as well, that she's able to start finding that form again because it's been... A long time since we've seen her really uh towards the top of the game and she's kind of shown glimpses but then she's had setbacks so that's been a shame but we'll see how she gets on i guess going forward mm. okay matt says we'll probably discuss this later this year but do you see top players skipping canada and cincinnati because of the Olymp olympics and the condensed schedule canada definitely i think yeah be... yeah i i was actually more thinking which is a bit of a crazy thought, but given that the Olympics is obviously after Wimbledon and then we've got Roland Garros, whether some players who are not very good on grass might just skip Wimbledon. Uh, and, you know, it's like sacrilege, like, right? They can't do that. Well, yeah, it, well, you think so, but at the end of the day, if you don't think you've got a chance of winning it, and then there's obviously those little tournaments, 250s, that you can play that little mini clay court swing after as well in preparation for the Olympics, then maybe you think, well, why would I go from clay to grass, which is so different than back to clay when I can just play through it? Uh, now, obviously, I, I, I'm not saying that they should do it, and I personally wouldn't do it, but I'm not a tennis player anyway, so who cares what I think? But I do wonder whether that could be some players thinking. Like, for example, Diego Schwartzman. Do you, would I be surprised if he did that? No. He's got a win percentage of, I think, it's like 35% on grass. So I don't think he's going to be that disheartened to not play on the grass, for example. Uh, and obviously, his best service is clay. So, uh, again, I'm not saying he's going to do that, but I, would be, I wouldn't be surprised if there are some players that do it. Uh, I imagine it'll be the ones that the clay court specialists who just don't really enjoy playing on the grass, but... Yeah, Canada and Cincinnati would be interesting. I guess that would be fatigue after the Olympics. And uh, yeah, I'd be intrigued to see who skips that. But Cincinnati might be less so because 
I feel like Canada might take the hit because Cincinnati's just before the US Open. That's normally the tournament that a lot of players use to... And they also use the same balls, don't they, I think, as the US Open. So it's, I think it's the Dunlop balls, um, if I'm not mistaken. But there's so many balls on used this year. It's just ridiculous. Um, Waiting for the question for about the balls, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How many balls there are. And the players complaining about injuries and stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's crazy, absolutely crazy on that. Uh, What's the next question? Oh, here you go. James says, how long do you think it will take uh, Medevic to learn to move his feet when he does he's going to be deadly? <laughs> well, to be fair, he won the next-gen finals on moving his feet, so that's not bad going. But, yeah, look, I mean, he's not the best mover, <laughs> um, for sure, but I'm sure he'll get there. There's a lot of players who are his height who move well nowadays, and I feel like it's it's almost a must if you want to start going deep in, in major tournaments. Uh, and I only imagine that he's going to improve in that department. But uh, your thoughts, David? Um, I didn't see too much of the next-gen finals, but what I saw of uh, Medvedevich is, I mean, his massive, massive forehand um, hitting through someone like Fies. I mean, Fies is so athletic. He can go anywhere. Um, I think... Um, when he comes against bigger, um, maybe returners that um, will force him to play uh, plus one forehands from um, further back, he's going to have to to adapt. I mean, I'm I'm assuming that um, with this next gen finals win, he's not going to rest in his laurels and think, "Well, this is it now. I'm winning slams." <laughs> he's he's gonna. He's going to now kick on uh, with his team in the offseason saying, this is great, but this is just the beginning. And um, do what um, some players haven't been able to do, like Nakashima kind of struck by a bit of injuries, a bit of, um, I don't know, loss of concentration. I'm not sure what's happened to Nakashima this year, but Medvedevich definitely has bigger standout weapons. Um, and... I'm sure they'll be uh, working hard in the off-season. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. He'll, he'll definitely work hard. He's got a massive serve as well, Medvedevic. So, uh, as you were saying, so he, he's... Uh, it's so funny. There are so many memes about how his name is obviously a combination of Medvedev and Djokovic, but <laughs> I think he'd be very, very happy to have a combination of those two players in terms of ability. But, yeah, we'll wait and see how he gets on in his career. Um, Ashley says, I wonder if Sinner regrets letting Runa win that fated day. You know, actually, this is an interesting one because I've I've seen some people talking about it. And I think actually Eliza said it on the Tennis 360 podcast. And and that's what's great about having different people on the channel as well and do content. I don't agree with people saying that, oh, he could just throw the match, for example, or... You know, he shouldn't have tried, or he should have tried. I, I, to be fair, I, I don't think Eliza didn't say they should throw the match. She, she said that he should have just used it as a, an opportunity to try out different things, like game plans-wise, um, as that kind of a training match. And that's that's not too bad. I personally wouldn't even expect him to do that, because at the end of the day, he's got momentum after winning the first two matches. To then do that, 
is a very dangerous game because he does that and then he loses or even loses a set. He then goes into semifinals and he's lost a bit of rhythm potentially by doing that, by changing his type of style a little bit. Um, and in terms of like throwing it, I mean, it's crazy. And I made a comment on X or Twitter, or you want to call it now, that if you want to win a tournament like this that has Djokovic in it, then you have to beat the best, right? You have to beat the best to win. Like, you you can't expect and, and try and win with like these trivial tricks. Like, it's just silly, in my opinion, anyway, uh, to do it. And I know people are saying it's really smart. And I was thinking, but if he wants to be the best, if he wants to win a tournament, then he shouldn't be scared of Djokovic. And at the end of the day, he'd beat him in the round robin. So it's not like it's someone who he hadn't beaten as well. So yes, of course, he lost in the final eventually. Fine. That's not to say, though, that he didn't have a chance. He did have a chance. He definitely didn't play as well as he did in that round robin match. I'm not saying he would have won at that level, but then in the Davis Cup, he showed that he could beat him, right? So he proved people wrong. So I, I do think it's very weird that people would think, oh, maybe he shouldn't compete. Like, he's he's a tennis player. It's his job. Uh, you know, I, I don't think he's going to, to not compete. I, I've seen people say, well, you know, if he had a bit of a niggle, maybe he can just pull out. I mean, he could have done that, I guess, uh, pulled out during the match. But, it, again, it's not a good look. And also for people paying to watch. Uh, who was it? It was Sitsipas who pulled out, wasn't it, against Runa after like a few games, I remember covering that. And then the crowd were like, what is going on? Because if he'd pulled out before the match, then someone could have jumped in. Her catch, for example, and they would have got a full match. Instead, they saw an exhibition between her catch and Fritz, and Fritz was like, like he was injured as well. So, uh, you know, they, they probably were thinking, this is this is no, it's not great at all to watch. So I didn't want to shoot into that stream. I was wondering, like, <laughs> yeah. got to be just... With Fritz injured and her catch just <laughs> No, I didn't even cover it. I was I just I was like oh. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm not even gonna bother doing this. I just knew it was gonna be because it was an exhibition set. Uh. What's the point? Uh but yeah. In terms of James says, are they doing two Adelaides again? Ooh. That's a very, very good point. Hope not. <laughs> I don't know. Waste of a tournament, isn't it? Really having two in the same city. Let's have a look at this ATP tour. Let's have a quick look. They are not, no. They have one running, which is the 8th of January to the 13th of January. And there's obviously Brisbane as well, uh, which starts, which is Rafa's going to be there, 31st of December to 7th of Jan. So, yeah, exciting times. You got Night to Cup. Crazy Brisbane. these December tournaments. I mean, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, is it the new season well. or is it not? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. I agree. I agree. It, it kind of blurs the lines a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, there's one in Hong Kong no, as well. Too. Not much rest. Like, if you start. It was, I think, earlier this year. It was the twenty-eighth. Was the first match in the United Cup. It's like, what is, yeah. what is going on? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, and this is, I heard, Asako's aiming for Paris Olympics. But then I heard she has a World Cup for the Aussie Open. Yeah, she does. 
So I, I think she will play it. I mean, I, I might. I'd be surprised if she doesn't, uh, because I haven't heard anything contrary to that. And I'm pretty sure she did an interview saying that she was going to be back at the Australian Open and then try and play a pretty busy schedule, uh, which I guess makes sense as long as she says Finn doesn't get injured. Uh, it makes sense she's been out for a while. She probably wants to pick up some momentum. Um, da, da, da. Right. Okay. So whether she well, follows can... through on that, um, if she follows through on her statements about the busy schedule or not, yeah, she's got to. Yeah, it's a quick turnover, isn't it? I mean, to put pressure. I hope she's not putting too much pressure on herself to play tennis again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess it's up to her, right? So mm-hmm. I would imagine that she's probably been itching to get back, uh, which is probably why she's coming back. So we'll see how she. She looks well. She looks good on the training videos, but. Anything looks good to me. That's uh, more than like a 10 mile proud forehand. Uh, Adam says, don't you think that the fact that a player like her catcher is currently in the same class as Sitspass is embarrassing for Steph? In my opinion, if you had said that a few years ago, people would have laughed at you. Oh, what do you think, David? What do you think? Very harsh words, I'd say. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, her catch, I, I get where you're coming from in terms of his baseline game being very kind of like, you see his forehand is just kind of, um, this whole year mostly been... A clunky, isn't it? Yeah. Errant, yeah. It just kind of goes anywhere. He found some consistency winning, um, of course, in Shanghai and things. But still, from the baseline, her catch is getting outdone by, I mean, pretty much, pretty much everyone. And, yeah, Steph Sitsabas, he's got a find his game again he's got to find that missing kind of piece that he he looked really good in australia last year th- this year and um he's found the missing yeah. piece as, pa- as parla Bedosa. <laughs> but is she doing much in the coaching box is the question <laughs> yeah yeah i mean look <laughs> i kid i kid if there's any Sidosa fans and the chat don't kill me, but yeah, I think I, I do get your point, Adam. What I would say is, I mean, her catch is a bit underrated as well. I, I think people are people need to remember he went, he just won Shanghai, sorry, even back in this year, and you know, I was very impressed with how he looked against Djokovic in the Wimbledon match that they played. I, I think he's a real contender for Wimbledon next year uh, and the next in the coming years if he keeps on playing the way he's playing. He's got massive serve. He's got great hands in the net. Really good net game. Transition game's good as well. You know, the, the backhand's solid. Like, it's reliable. Um, as you said, David, the forehand can be a bit erratic. Uh, it can He can kind of almost push it at times. It can be very loopy, very spinny. Not really get through the court at all. Um, and, it, and it's not very harmful. But what he did in Shanghai, for example, was on a quicker hard court. And he just trusted it a lot. He was obviously feeling the ball quite nicely on that forehand side, and it looked a lot better. Um, it, it's a shot that looks like it shouldn't be as inconsistent as it is, but there's clearly some issues there, maybe with confidence more than anything. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, he's not a bad player. Should it supposed to be a level above? You could say yes, um, but similar to what we were saying about Shapovalov earlier in this Q&A, he hasn't made enough improvements. Uh, it's as simple as that. Like he, 
he has almost still, uh, and in some people's eyes, he's actually declined in terms of his his form anyway uh, in the past year. So, look, he's still quite young. Uh, he's still got a lot of years ahead of him, and he, he has not shot some big wins. He's made a couple of Grand Slam finals. He made one this year, for example. People forget that at the start of the year. Uh, the Australian Open, he's made one there, one Roland Garros. He needs to keep playing on. He needs to try and keep making these deep runs. And I think if you play someone in the final that isn't named Novak Djokovic, then you know he'll he'll probably fancy his chances. To be honest, no matter who it is. So let's see how he, how he gets on in the coming year. I'm hoping he picks up a bit of steam because he's got an incredible serve forehand combo. I, I would say top five on tour, uh, and he plays aggressive, attractive tennis to watch. So let's hope he's in full flow for most of the season. He he can at least compete with the top guys. We'll see where he ends up. I'd say they're not too dissimilar as players, thinking about it, Hercatch and Sitsipas. Obviously, Sitsipas more reliable from the baseline, but you think of... Um, they both like uh, their chances with the net. You know, very dominant. Um, maybe Steph, I mean, I think he's got um, the best transition game in tennis. That's my... My view at his peak, um, that forehand just he just moves through it so well. Um, and obviously the backhand of Hercatch. Do you have the weaknesses of the the backhand of Steph and the forehand of Hercatch? But I think Hercatch is slowly but surely kind of diminishing his his weakness. You know, Steph, you just a- against any baseliner, you just worry for his his backhands. Um, uh, if it's being attacked, any sort yeah. of pace, yeah, is it going to hold up exactly? How <laughs> it's true, it's true. When's the shank going to come? Basically, is what we're looking out for. When's he going to shank it? Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's weird because it almost looked like he was making strides, especially on the backhand return, by shortening the backswing, but then he's gone back to standing further back behind the baseline, taking big swings. Uh, and I just don't understand what the obsession with taking large cuts of the ball is because he sh- he shanks so many backhands throughout you know a- every match. Uh, so surely that is an indicator that there's something wrong with the way that he's shaping up to hit it um, and kind of how he's preparing. But I don't know. I mean, I'm not I'm not an elite coach, so I'll I'll sit here and be quiet and let Patrick Moratoglu sort that out. But yeah, he shouldn't be settling for rallies when. Um... He's got the yep. net game he has, and yeah. he's so vulnerable off one grand stroke as he is. I think yeah. we saw big wins against Medvedev, um, big strides. If he just comes to net more, I think, and shortens the backswing, like you were saying, I think there's chances for the, the true Steph to, to come out. <laughs> Crazy, yeah, I agree. I agree. Gene says, thoughts on Nick pulling out of Australian Open 2024, guys. So, apparently, he's posted this on his OnlyFans, which is hilarious. It's not, it's not the type of OnlyFans that you guys are thinking about. It's just training. So, a lot of athletes now have got it, like, which is uh, like a behind the scenes into their into their life. And like they'll have exclusive like content on, I don't know, with a team and stuff. But uh, very bizarre collaboration. But, uh, yeah. I mean, I didn't know this until you just mentioned it, Gene. You've also got exclusive access because he says i just saw his post on OnlyFans. so uh gene subscribed to nick curios's only fans so that's fair enough i mean uh, i'm sure he's got some funny content on that i'd imagine but yeah i think i'm disappointed in honesty but 
I imagine it's because he's not ready to play yet. But I, I do find it a bit worrying that it's taking him this. It's still taking him time to get back because it's been a while. It's been we're a not while. Not getting any information played. about it either. We're not getting no updates. Not, we're not. So I think he played one match. The whole one year. match in Stuttgart. Yeah, yeah, and he obviously lost to uh, Wu Yibing and was on grass. So he played one match. Well, that means, let's just say, he hasn't played for a year. Then going into 2024, he won't play the Australian Open. I won't be surprised if he misses Roland Garros because I feel like he doesn't. He hasn't played the last couple of years, and he did say he would play it this year. But if he's not fit, I don't think he's going. If he's nowhere near 100, percent I don't think he'll play it uh, because he doesn't care much about the clay. So. That means he can miss half of the year, um, potentially one and a half years without playing any tennis. Really, I mean, what version of Kyrgios are we going to see come back is really going to, going to be the question. And it's a shame because he had a really good twenty twenty two, and then you know it looked like he was potentially going to win a slam. But he was a favourite after, uh, you know, even without crashes in the draw at the U.S. Open. Uh, when it came to the quarterfinals, people were talking about him. Like they're like, okay, he'll be hatching off, and then he'll go through, and then he'll 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 be in the final, uh, and then obviously the final at Wimbledon uh, against Novak as well. So, look, he made big big strides, but there's a there's a real question mark on his body holding up, and and that's I think a little bit of a worry. Uh, yeah, and it is a worry. It's disappointing, um, but at the same time, not surprising. I think um, the other week or so, I heard about Curious not being on the entry list or not signing up for a protected ranking. Uh, I mean, he said, he's giving these kind of vague comments about um, with his kind of lifestyle before that he's not the age he is, he's physically like 33 or whatever. He said something to the ilk of that um, and he's kind of downplaying his chances. So it's as, I mean, as a tennis fan, you want to see Kyrgios there. You want to see him competing because we've seen at his peak, he can go four sets with Novak. I mean, at the time, Novak looked unbeatable at Wimbledon. I mean, before Alcaraz did what he did this year. Um, Nick can Nick can go to that level. I think he can go higher, but is it just a bit a bit too much to ask at this point? Yeah, I agree. I think the issue for him. And one thing I will say, actually, by the way, before I talk about that, is I thought he was a really good commentator on Tennis Channel. Um, in terms of analysis and everything, I thought he's he held himself really well, carried himself really well, even. Um, and he spoke very well, so. Uh, I was impressed with his analysis and the way that he he spoke, and he was very likable on that. But yeah, in in terms of his game, he needs to be careful because he look. I mean, I'm just hoping that we see him back to his best at some point, uh, very very soon, because you throw him into the mix, and he, he's a, he's a tough day for anyone. He's a tough match for anyone on tour. Um, and I'd back him against most of the top guys, not Djokovic maybe, but you know, even I, I haven't really seen Kiros Alcaraz much. I mean, have they even played? I think they must have played at one point, but um, maybe they haven't. And, and you know, like a match like that, for example, even a Kiros Sinner, we've seen that before. But you know, I, I think that would be interesting with both of them playing the best tennis. And 
We know that he can beat Medvedev. He's done it before a couple of times. Uh, so, look, I mean, let's see even Kyrgios Sitsipas. Let's see that go again. See Sitsipas trying to hit Kyrgios on the net. That would be hilarious. But, yeah, I mean, he's an exciting player, so I hope he's back soon. But we'll have to wait and see. Um, Ashley says, do you think Novak wants an Olympic gold medal for Serbia more than a Grand Slam? Yes, that's my view, David. Um, well, I think he's he's still very goal orientated. He's not been shy to say that. Um, I think Ev, he, he does go tournament by tournament. Um, and we know his familiar spots where he gets his, his big wins. Australia, uh, Wimbledon, especially the last um, last decade of Wimbledon's. Um, I think he'll be, I mean, we're taking it turn by tournament, but I think end of the year, if you ask him, uh, would he rather win, for example, if he wins Australian Open and that's it, and no uh, Olympics, I think he would swap the Australian Open for the Olympics. I reckon he would swap two slam wins for an Olympics. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you why. Six though sounds pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, but he knows there's going to be more opportunities. He's not going anywhere. He just won the last three out of four slams. So I, I I, would be like, I think he's going to be putting a lot of energy into trying to make sure that he's at his best level for the Olympics. Um, I still, I think he will play Wimbledon. I don't think he'll skip it, obviously, uh, because he's so good there and it's an opportunity to win a slam. But I think as soon as that's done, he's going into hardcore clay mode again. And I think He'll be he'll be going. I mean, look, it's the only thing really missing in his trophy cabinet. So he gets that, and I mean, I, I well, let's be honest. I think he's already the go anyway. But he gets that as well. Then there's nothing really for anyone to say. Well, that's a global thing as well. Called. The Olympics yeah. is the biggest event in. I mean, I think it's probably bigger than the World Cup in in most countries. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, how do you think Emirata Connor will do in the upcoming season next year? Just depends if she stays fit. If she stays fit, and I've seen uh, on Instagram she's been training a lot, then let's see. I mean, it's similar to Leila Fernandez, although I think she hasn't had as many matches, hasn't had any many positive results as Fernandez this year. So for her, it's just going to be try and rack up uh, some wins, uh, try and get deep in some tournaments, and then build herself up from there. What do you think? Yeah, agreed. Um, looks like she's um, on the the comeback trail um, quite a bit training. Um, you just hope. Um, I saw her on. I think she's number like two or something. Very very high on the top ten um, highest paid. You just hope she doesn't kind of rest on her uh, her. Um, like plush pillow that she's probably bought <laughs> just like rest on that laurels and um hope she puts in the effort to really go for it yeah i agree i agree all right okay next question da -da. Da -da 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 -da. lots of comments Let's see. 
Uh, Hose up says apparently Andy Murray helped Kiros during a dark time in his life. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that. Did Novak win a medal in 2021 in Tokyo? No, he didn't, which looks lost like it's been bronze. answered in the chat. Yeah, lost the bronze yeah. in the, to Pablo Crenabusta. Oh, throwing his racket in the well, a crowd. There's no crowd, they just threw into the stands, which is quite funny. There you go. Here's a question, Max. Do you think Ben Shelton will avoid the sophomore slump for the upcoming season next year? I hope he can. What are your points, David? Um, I think if Ben Shelton, he'd really, um, if there was any kind of doubts of his um, possible level, I know um, he definitely ruffled some feathers uh, with um, a lot of fans at the US Open. It's very, I mean, you'll never see it again. A quarterfinal, no back-to-back wins. And then the semifinal at the US Open. It's the most bizarre thing you'll see. But then after he backed it up, um, winning, he win the 500, is it Tokyo? I think. Yeah. So, I mean, albeit it's the um, latter stage of the season, I think Ben Shelton is more equipped now with the confidence that he's he's built, knowing that he can he can last um, tournaments and he's not gonna just uh, fall apart physically. I think he, I think he's not gonna fall victim to the sophomore slump. No. Yeah, I don't think so either. And it's funny you're talking about his run of form and matches he'd won, and I'm pretty sure he was at win to loss record for his career at around even or even actually a losing record slightly. Uh, so. Yeah, I think he just gets given freedom really to to do his own thing when he's on court, and yeah, it's, it's a very, very, very impressive victory uh, in my opinion. I thought, you know, I think as well when he starts faces on the top players as well. Um, or, look, I mean, on clay it's going to be difficult on the slower surfaces, but. On the faster, faster courts, he's always going to, going to be dangerous. Uh, and the good thing for him is that he didn't start the season that well, so there's not going to be much expectation or points to defend. Uh, really, the biggest thing was the US Open. That's right at the end of the year. So um, he, he can just expect to try and rack up some wins, see if he can make the second week at tournaments, and then go from there. But yeah, I think he should be okay. I think he should be okay. It's not got much to lose, that's for sure. Exactly. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't. Uh, actually, do the mandatory tournaments change during an Olympic year? Uh, no, not that I know of. Not that I know of. Uh, says, Rafa has no points to defend this year, does he? Uh, they're showing open he does because he won one match. So he made a second round. But Essentially that, none. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got zero basically. Yeah. Mm. So have a good look. Next question. Dutchie, how is Emma going to play after being injured in 2023? Oh, I guess we answer that one. I mean, yeah. Oh, we'll see. I have no idea. <laughs> no idea. What do you think? Um. I mean, it's so difficult to like even visualize 
um and we're playing tennis it's just been so long you know um you just you're kind of waiting for the when she was um not injured you're just waiting for the the announcement that she's not going to play a tournament um and you think of maybe that that run in cincinnati where uh you really um took apart some players that was that was encouraging uh you wonder um if she can find that again hope so hope so yeah agreed agreed and uh, again throw in the mix and it just becomes even more exciting for sure right okay uh i've gone through that one yes yeah, step back and isn't reliable <laughs> okay oh here you go what are your thoughts on russian and belarusian athletes being allowed to compete as neutral athletes in the paris olympics in 2024 and it's the same as in the other tournaments so i, I don't really have a view on it i think it's fine uh, what do you think david I think it was very recent uh, announcement. I think, um, I think there there might be some pushback. There might be some protests from, um, especially um, think of the countries close to to the conflict: um, Ukraine, um, Czechia, Poland. There might be some people um, in protest. Or or maybe not because we saw Wimbledon. They're just they they didn't play and um, that was it. And then they played this year and they just didn't shake hands. And there wasn't um, much past that. I guess um, participation's participation. They're gonna they're gonna play regardless. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think look, politics, politics, and this is just players who are athletes who happen to be in the profession and they that they should be fine to compete to be honest i would actually say which is quite funny that even though um also was he no i was actually ignore my thought right okay um <laughs> yeah well what, what i was gonna say actually on the russian but russian is that yeah they, they should just be able to play and i think at the end of the day they're going to make the tournament stronger. It's going to be more competitive. Um, and Wimbledon, for example, uh, last year without, you know, like Sabalenka, for example, uh, was very, very weird to see. And, uh, and there's a lot of players, uh, especially on the women's side, who are Russian and Belarusian. So, yeah, I'm hoping that it should be fine. And it'll be interesting if they're neutral athletes I guess they're really just playing for themselves then because they win a medal. Uh, they're not winning the medal for their country. It, it is literally just for themselves. So, uh, yeah. I do have some some slight um, qualms. I remember last year when um, when this all was going down with um, the, the huge news, Wimbledon have kind of gone against yeah. the ATP, bans the Russian Belarusian players. I... Um, I didn't agree with the ban, but in terms of the Davis Cup, Billie Jean King Cup, um, I agreed with uh, them not being able to, to play because with country participation, as much as people 
um, defending the Russian Belarusian players themselves like to to say it does get propag propagandized um, in the media if even if there's no um, there's no banner said a, a Russian flag Belarusian flag it'll still be um, yeah I think it'll still be used so it, it is controversial and I yeah, I, I'm not sure how it'll, how it'll pan out. Well, that's fair. That's fair. That's not a, that's a fair view to have um, on that. Okay, so I don't think I've got any more questions, but there was, I think, a question or two in the community tab, so I'll have a quick look. If you have any more questions, by the way, shoot them in. Otherwise, we'll give you five more minutes of this no more questions within five minutes then we'll wrap it up uh, so what was it it was here it is oh here you go venue says who will win the grand slams of 2024 any players to look out for well i guess that's part of our awards but we can uh we can ask i can ask david um right david what do you think just off the top of your head uh hp player of the yeah you can do hp and wta yeah both just give it a, a um, man and woman for um australian open etc well djokovic is obviously oh, oh predictions or yeah, yeah for next year oh, yeah so for the slams yeah slam winners <laughs> You don't, uh... you don't have to commit to it. It's just uh, <laughs> off, the, off the top of your head. Mine's going to be the top of my head because we're going to do the awards, but I'm probably preview. Sorry, I'll pre. I'll do a separate video for the predictions actually. Um, so it probably won't be the same, but yeah. Uh, right, Australian Open, Djokovic for the men's and um for the women's. Um, say Rabakina. Say Rabakina. Um, Roland Garros. Ooh, so I got in trouble earlier, um, a few months ago with saying Djokovic is going to do something crazy, but I'm not. <laughs> if he's focusing on clay and the way he beat Carlos, uh, Djokovic for Roland Garros, Djok and Sviantec, okay, um, for Wimbledon, um. Ooh, I think I think Sinner is going to win Wimbledon. Hope so. Um, for women's, um, hmm. it can't be Jabur, can it? <laughs> Just too wow. too much scar tissue. Uh, oh, Sab Sabalenka for Wimbledon sounds sounds pretty safe in my mind, anyway. And US Open random winners. Uh, I'll go for for Alcaraz and for um, mm, I don't know. Alcaraz isn't random. <laughs> <laughs> women's random. Women's random. Uh, Alcaraz, Madison Keys, Madison Keys. <laughs> 
Raven keys, okay. Finally gets a slam. Okay, I'll go quick. So Australian Open, I'm going to go with I want to say anything other than Djokovic, honestly. I just feel like I can say Djokovic all of them. Such a boring answer, but... Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll go Djokovic. I'll go Djokovic Australian Open, because I feel like that's almost like nailed on. It's almost like Rafa running Garros. Uh, so Djokovic, Australian Open, and women's side, I will go with... I will go with... I'm gonna go for Pagula. Oh. And then which is pretty pretty bold, to be honest. Hasn't made it past the quarterfinal, yeah. No, she hasn't. And then Roland Garros, I will go for <laughs> Oh man, this is probably my Rafa fan coming out, Buzz. Uh, can I really say Nadal? I don't know. I, I mean he's won it fourteen times, you can see him. <laughs> I think I'm in Nadal or Alcaraz. I just have a feeling that Djokovic... I, I I would be more inclined to think that Djokovic won't win Roland Garros, but he'll win the Olympics. The Olympics. Than oh. the other way around. There's less There's less pressure on him, maybe, if he wins. If he doesn't win Roland Garros. Yeah, and I just feel... Yeah, maybe. But I, I, just, I just feel like he's... I would be surprised if he doesn't win the Olympics. Um... I, I don't know why. I just feel, although there'll be a lot of he'll be putting a lot of pressure on himself. To be fair, so it could be like a twenty twenty one U.S. Open scenario, whatever again, where there's a lot of pressure on him um, to do it. But yeah, so yeah, I'll go, I'll go, yeah, Rafa or Alcaraz, and then for the women, really Shvontek's up there as as always, but. I'm going to go with Cerebus Tormo. Cerebus Tormo, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I'll go Shantex, fine. Uh, if we go Wimbledon, I'll go women's first. Women's Sabalenka, I agree. I think she'll probably be. I'd love to say Jabir, but I don't think she'll do it. Um, maybe she'll. We'll see. And then men's, I will go for. Men's is just so random, isn't it? Apart from Djokovic, it's like okay, there's Alcaraz, maybe Sinner, as you said. Runa won't win, win Wimbledon. He's got. I can see him going really deep at Roland Garros. He's a contender. I think he could actually win it potentially um, as well. I'm gonna go so left field. I mean, I, these, these are probably not gonna be my predictions when I do them, but I'm gonna go her catch because we went to her catch. And then I, I think he's he's probably my top I thought Andy Murray was coming there, but <laughs> Oh no, that's that's too much. Sorry, sorry, David. And US Open It's not even in the field, that's like <laughs> no, different yeah. country there. <laughs> yeah. US Open, I'm gonna go Sinner to win. I think see I think he'll win the US Open. I feel like the US Open is just a random one, uh, for the most part. So I know the last two years it hasn't been with Al well, Alcaraz was first slam still. So it's not random, but he still won his first slam. Djokovic obviously won Has it. Alcaraz opened up yeah. the, the random Wimbledon winners now, though? He's kind of cracked it open. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's a good point. But then there's not... Realistically, uh, who's good enough on grass to win Wimbledon? Like, honestly. 
I'd say Djokovic, Alcaraz. Okay. Who else? Nadal's fit. Obviously, he can, but he's got less of a chance, I think, than those two. Then yeah. Sinner, maybe. Fine, okay. That's only four players. <laughs> Her catch is definitely very good on grass. Nick Kyrgios is back. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. If Kyrgios is fit, but I have no idea. So I'm not even thinking about Kyrgios because... I don't know when mm. he's going to be back. I don't know if he's going to be fit. And that's why it's very hard to talk about Nadal as well, because we haven't seen them. Uh, but, yeah. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go for Sinner to win the US Open. And on the women's side, I'm going to go for Rabakina. Rabakina. Yeah. hope she wins a slam this next year. Man, I hope Jabal wins a slam next year. <laughs> Forget about Rebecca, she's already won one. Yeah, but I don't know. We'll true. See. We'll see, we'll see. Um, Hosep says, early predictions for Australian Open women's. Yes, no, we just gave them to now, but yeah. I mean, Australian Open women's is going to be really intriguing because I'm hoping if everyone's fit, it's going to be absolute carnage in the first like week. It's gonna, there's going to be some ridiculous matchups. I mean, hopefully, like someone like Mukova's fit, you chuck her in the mix, and then you've got Jabari. Yeah, we wasn't even thinking there. about Mukova. I mean, yeah, it's, it's just her injury records. Is I know. Scary, sad. Chuck her mm. in there, chuck in Vondrusova, <laughs> chuck in Jabari, then you've got Sviontek, Rabakina, Sabalenka, Goff, Pagula. Um, you know, if Kuchikova's playing. One of the Frivertova sisters. <laughs> Yeah, if Kajiko is playing well as well, like she's up there, mm-hmm. so she needs to find form again. But yeah, the Provitova sisters, uh, Anissa Mo is coming back, which is great to hear. Um, look, if she's fit, she's dangerous as well. I put a year end number five this year, so I'm not falling into that trap again. <laughs> <laughs> well, she, you know, I mean, you can't really foresee that she's going to have a, uh, yeah, a break due to mental um, illness. Mm. So, yeah, shame, but good to see her back uh, on the entry list. But, yeah, I mean, even Badosa, if she... I mean, the problem is, though, that stress fracture in her back, that's a bad one, you know. I'm telling you now, I don't know when she's going to be back. That's going to be... That's going to be a recurring injury throughout her whole career. I'd be very, very surprised if we see her I'd be surprised if we see her play a full season without any injuries. Honestly. I, I don't know like about Bedosa's peak level either. It's not really slam well, but Yeah, Bedosa's mm. peak level is interesting because she's such a decorated junior and she was like the next big thing and then she just didn't really handle it very well. But she she does have a high level. It's just, it's, as you say, it's difficult to, to know because haven't seen her play consistently at that level for long enough to really get a game. Not a slams either as well. Yeah, she hasn't. Yeah, she hasn't at all. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I think if I was to give a dark horse for the Australian Open, I'd probably say someone like maybe Fernandez, or uh, I think she could do something or it would be another dark horse that, that I like. Let me have a look actually because... There's always some plays. So I'm like, oh, Zheng Wen. I really like her. She's great. Uh, I think she'll go deep as well. And 
Oh, Samson of actually is an interesting one. She's got a really good game, but she's just been a bit inconsistent. But she should do well. 2024, she should do. Um, da -da. Yeah, it's fine, no problem. Uh, let's do the last few. Oh, here you go. Which Grand Slam do you think Sydney will win first out of the four? Uh, which, yeah, so you said you think Sydney will win Wimbledon, Wimbledon, US Open, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I said the US Open, so yeah, that's. What, I, I would be surprised if Roland Garros, given the field, even though he's very good on clay still. Australian Open, mm -hmm. even though I think he's proven that he's quite good on fast hard courts, I just think they're more suited to some other players. Yeah. And if we go to. Uh, is. Oh. Is Bedosa back for the Australian Open. Is she on the injury list? The injury definitely took her out this season. I'm not sure if that is... Uh... She did come back, what? didn't she? And then she got injured again. I'm not sure if she's on the entry list, but yeah. Let's... Uh, we'll see. Max says, Amanda lost her dad, who was her coach, who took a toll and it's over. Yeah. Well, that's understandable, right? That's understandable. Understandable. Um, okay, cool. Any other questions? Oh, those will wrap up. I think David needs to go, so it'll just be me. So, uh, David, though, thanks for jumping on. Appreciate it. Um, you can jump off, yeah. and I'll I'll wrap up, but. Yeah, I'll see you in the new year probably because I don't think we'll <laughs> we'll chat before then. Well, at least on video anyway. So yeah. Yeah, nice being then. here. See you guys for you later. the Australian season. Yeah. See you. Bye bye. Uh -huh. Oh, new health breakthrough. Okay, so what is your pick for the Australian Open? So my pick for the men's will be Djokovic, and for the women's, who did I go for on the women's? I've pretty forgotten now. I went for Pagula. It's pretty random, isn't it? Pretty random. And Gene uh, says, I'm so tired, mate. I can imagine. Happy. Also, by the way, my picks that I'm choosing today are like, <laughs> I'm going to do a proper prediction video uh, of the slams uh, for the ATP and WTA side uh, before the end of the year. Uh, so uh, where I'll look into more like, oh, actually have a look and see, okay, this is how well they performed on uh, at this tour, at this slam in previous years, and also win percentage on the surface, and you know, actually think about more of the metrics on who they might potentially face, and yada, yada, yada. Obviously, draw is a big factor as well, but yeah, those are my early picks, but we will see. Uh, they're always fun to do those predictions. In fact, I should probably do one where I know uh, I know Cam did one as well, but doing one where I I look at what my predictions were for twenty twenty three and see if I got any of them right. Which I don't know if I did. To be fair, happy holidays. Yeah, thank you, Dutchy. Happy holidays to you too. Thank you, Fazan, and or thank you, David and Fazan. Much appreciated. No problem at all. Djokovic is going to be on 60 Minutes in America Sunday night. Very nice. 
And best answers, time will tell. News Health Breakthrough says, do your prediction of for top 10 2024? Yeah, I will. I will. I did that last year as well. So I'll do a prediction for top 10 for WTA and ATP for 2024. I'll also do a prediction for the Grand Slams. And we have our 2023 Quality Shot Tennis Awards that we are recording next. Uh, is it next Monday? No, it's not. It's in. So it's the Monday after. Uh, so not this Monday coming with the weekend. The week after, it'll be myself, Gil Gross, and Cam Williams. Uh, we'll be doing the Quality Shot Tennis Awards. Uh, we've got categories. We're going through it. Um, I don't think it'll be live. I think we'll probably just I'll release it. Um, I might have to edit a little bit. And then obviously timestamps and everything, and then upload it. And hopefully you guys enjoy that. But yeah, looking forward to recording that with those two. And it's good, like we've done it for the last couple of years, and I feel like people have enjoyed it. So um, you know, and they're both really good guys, and obviously know their stuff. So should be fun, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. And it's one thirty a.m. here in the UK, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go. But I really enjoyed this and. I do like, yeah, I, I like these Q&As. So if you do enjoy these Q&As, then uh, I would like to do them like once a month if possible um, because I do find that sometimes people have questions and they might not ask it on stream because it's not relevant or it's not really a question at the time uh, to to kind of get into whilst doing play-by-play and, and talking about specific topics. But you know, these are great because they're more broad and you guys can just ask whatever you want. The excitable Cam Williams, yeah, exactly, exactly. The excitable Cam Williams indeed. Right, guys, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Hit that like button before you go. Subscribe as well if you haven't done so already. And uh, I'll see you in the comment section of our next video. As I said, we've got some really exciting videos come up. Oh, actually, one thing I wanted to say is please, please, please remember to hit the notification bell so you get alerted for when we upload but also even if you click the notification bell it actually doesn't make a difference if you don't have notifications on or enabled for youtube generally so make sure you on your settings you've got uh, notifications as enabled because if you don't then it doesn't matter you just won't get alerted but i actually have if i don't speak to you guys happy holidays to everybody you're all legends, honestly. Thank you so much. Um, I'm sure I'll see you in the comment section for the Quality Shot Tennis Awards. So, uh, you know, it's, it'll be worth a watch, I promise. Uh, Hosep says, later geezers. Yeah, later geezers indeed. Thank you, guys. Appreciated. Have a good rest of the weekend uh, or weekend coming up. And uh, I'll see you guys soon.